we got to do some thinking, but we got to come up with two and two to make four. Four. We got to do some thinking. You want to know the nicest part about the third column? Multiple choice. <laughs> Multiple choice. They give you six or seven things to pick from. Now, now I know this doesn't make sense to you. You got a disease that's killing you. People have never told you this in all those years you've been in and out. Your whole life is down a shithole and you're saying to yourself, what has this got to do with my alcoholism? Probably not much. What has this got to do with your relationship with God? Probably everything. You with me? It's like making a pineapple upside down cake. Can you do that? What do you got to have? Just directions. That's all. If you got the directions, you got a cake. You ready? Yeah. All right. Well, wait a minute. If it's a pineapple upside down cake, then the top is on the bottom and the bottom is on the top, then it can't be a cake. It's got to be a pie. I don't know what. No, no, no. <laughs> Just follow the directions. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. But wait a minute, if it's upside down, then the no, 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 no. We're not asking you to understand the results. We're just asking you to understand the directions. And I solemnly assure you, if you follow the directions off any cookbook for pineapple upside down cake, what do you think you're going to get? Pineapple upside down. Yes, and what are we going to do with it? Yeah. No, we're going to give it away. That's not 12 step. Come on, what are we doing here? What's our deal in step three? What are we doing? <sighs> that was a trick question. Sure, I'll walk you into that. Okay, here's my dad. Here's what my dad did to me. My dad said I was so stupid to get out of the garage. I was four and a half years old. Among other things. Did that affect my sex relations? No. Self-esteem? Yeah. Well, this ain't even hard, is it? Security? Yeah. Fear? Yeah. Pride? Yeah. Ambitions? Yeah. Want to know what? It's my inventory. It doesn't matter if it makes sense to you. What's important is, is it makes sense to me. You got that? So you cannot come up with a wrong answer. Isn't that strange? No one grades your paper. Isn't that strange? This is between you and between God. The pencil and paper. It's your answer. Can you come up with more than one thing to that act? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what's important is that you are going to decide, you are going to think what their effect upon you has been your call. There is no wrong answer. Don't dance with it. Don't be afraid of it and don't be confused by it. So if I have 29 things that my dad did to me, I'm going to tag every one of those things with a tag. One of these in this last column. Not even tough now, is it? Any questions? <laughs> Whose definition of security is it? It's yours. Do you feel secure when your old lady leaves you? 
You might very well feel angry, but do you feel secure too? Then put them both down. And you've got to look inside yourself to see this. I can't do this for you. Maybe my definition of security for you is not your definition of security for you. Or something like that. <laughs> the camel that broke the straw's back. You understand that? I'm not being rude, but you must know that it's your inventory, it's your decision, it is always up to you, and it's your definition. Third column, done. Any questions on the third column? All you're doing is taking a multiple, multiple choice, tagging, tagging, you're tagging your, their actions. You're tagging your response to their actions. Does that make sense? That's all that is. You cannot come up with a wrong answer. You cannot, you can't, you just can't. You cannot put too many tags down. But what you are going to do is be thorough and honest. Remember that. Thorough and honest. That's your job. Thorough and honest. No questions. Let's go to the next page, 66. Here's what it says. It says this. To conclude that others were wrong was as far as we ever got. See, so what we've done so far is to conclude that others were wrong. We've done this many times. They did this to me. They did that to me. And this is what they did to me. And here's why I'm mad. Resentment is nothing more than a manifestation of selfishness and self-centeredness. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything we're dealing with here is us playing God. If we stop playing God, we start to live the way this book says, and resentment will disappear, will melt, will go away, or we'll have a solution for it. I don't know. Everybody's different. But if we follow these directions, we will get results. It says, to the precise extent that we permit these, this futility and happiness, this resentment, this selfishness and self-centeredness, do we squander the hours it might be worthwhile. But with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance of a growth of a spiritual experience, and that's our goal, the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this resentment is infinitely grave. And here's why it says that. It is fatal. And here's why it says that. When you harbor such feelings, this resentment, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. And for an alcoholic not to have the sunlight of the spirit, the insanity of alcohol returns. And when we drink, we die. We die. Now, I mean this sincerely. If it takes you two years to work these steps, in that two-year period, your resentment is shutting off the sunlight of the spirit, and the chances of you getting two years are very slim. Very slim. How many times have you been in out, little Juju? Quite a few. You want to know why? Because you absolutely wanted to get drunk more than you wanted to get sober. Do you believe that shit? No directions. You've been told that? No directions. You're going to be presented with directions now. You no longer have to let these things shut you off from God. You can be free. You can watch through the archway of freedom. And that's what we read, ain't it? Get ready, boys and girls. No more pain. And I ain't talking about Valium. <laughs> 
If we're to live, we have to be free. Rotsy and a brainstorm is not for us. So we turn back to the list, bottom of the page, 66. We turn back to the list. We've got lists, right? We turn back to the list, for it held the key to the future. That's where we're going now, key to the future. We're prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. Look at what? The list, what we've got written down. We're prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world's people really dominated us in that state. A power of wrongdoings of others, key word here, fancied or real, because a lot of the things they did to me, <laughs> I made that shit up. <laughs> fancied or real had the power to actually kill. Why does it have the power to kill? Because we get resentful. We get resentful. We shut off the sunlight of the spirit. We shut off the sunlight of the spirit. We drink. For us to drink is to? That's why. Does it make sense now? And I believe that if you take a drink now, you're not going to die, but you're going to get deader. You're going to get deader. What, honey? Oh, I thought you said better instead of deader. Oh, no, deader. Deader. This was our course, because we're going to master these resentments. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to look at the people who if you have on this column, these 25 names on 25 pieces of paper, and realize that they are spiritually sick. You got that? That's all we want you to do, is realize that perhaps these people are spiritually sick. It's not hard to see in some cases. In some cases, it is. maybe it isn't. Though we don't like their symptoms, and that's true. We don't like what they did to us, yes? And the way they disturbed us, yes, key phrase here in your thinking, these people are just as sick as I am. Whoa. Whoa. Puts a whole new slant on the list now, ain't it? They, like ourselves, are sick too. Now this is the fourth column. It doesn't call for a list. It's the only thing I add to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's this. Just a check mark to indicate that you have prayed the prayer that we are about to read. Okay? If you do not want to put the check mark, because the big book don't call for it, don't put it there. That's all. Simple. Here's the prayer. The prayer is this. This is our prayer expressing a change of thinking, looking at these people as sick people. This is our prayer. We ask God to help us show them, these sick people that hurt us, that we don't like their symptoms, that are sick just like us. We're going to ask God to help us show these people patience, tolerance, and pity. The same patience we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, hurts my feelings, makes me mad, we say to ourselves, this is our part, this is a sick man. And then we say, how can I be helpful to him? Instead of, how can I be helpful to the people who hurt me? What a unique set, what a unique way of thinking, isn't it? And then it says, God save me from being angry, thy will be done. I have 25 names on this piece of paper. I'm going to look at my dad as a sick individual, as a spiritually sick person. And I am going to pray a prayer. And who am I praying for? Really? Here's the prayer. 
God help us. God help us. We're praying a prayer for us to treat these people different. We're not praying a prayer for God to stop them from hurting me. I don't know how many times you've ever heard. You mad at that guy? Pray for him. You heard that? Not what this says, does it? It says what? And what are we praying for? Patience, tolerance, pity, praying that we can be useful, praying that we can help the people who hurt us, praying that God saves us from being angry. It's a whole new ball game, boys and girls, ain't it? And if you're going to pray for them, make sure it's two prayers. God, help them to get well and help me be part of the medicine. Make sure it's two prayers, because if we continue to pray to, them, to God to have these people stop hurting us, we are being just as selfish and just as losing the whole idea that God is here for me, for me. And my job is to help them, whoever them is. Any questions? Any? Yeah. No, no. If anybody tells you to pray for the people who hurt you, make sure you pray two prayers. One for them, that they get well, and this prayer for us. Got it? Any questions? A whole different ball game now, ain't it? That we're going to be able to look at the people who hurt us and try to be useful to them. Any questions? None at all. Pretty simple. Easy? Easy. Oh, no. Oh, no. 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 Does it work? Yes. Oh, yes. You want results? No, absolutely. Then let's follow the directions that's in this book. Now we have responsibility. We're mixing faith with facts. You understand that? Faith with facts. I have a responsibility to couples with my change of thinking. I am going to avoid argument and retaliation. What the hell's that about? Well, what's our deal in step three? I'm going to quit pushing you around. I'm going to quit being God. I'm going to quit trying to manipulate you. Yes, no. And we avoid argument and retaliation because we can't win, right? No, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. That's our third step, ain't it? That's our purpose in life now, ain't it? You take away my difficulties, I will be a living testimony to your power. To the people that I help, yes, no. Yes. We ain't making a distinction between we who we help. We're going to help them all because we're all God's little kids. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We don't treat sick people that way. Does that make sense to you? Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, you want the dumb guy approach? Mitchyism. Mitchyism. Here's the Mitchyism. Mitchy's old lady's having a baby. She's on the bed. She's in the stirrups. She got her feet in. And she's in pain. And she's screaming. Ah! Ah! Oh, you motherfucker! I hate you! I hate you! I'll kill you for what you've done to me! Anybody ever been there? Oh, yeah! What does Mitchy do? It's okay, baby. It's okay, baby. Count to three. Deep breathe. Count to three. What can I do for you, baby? Why? Because she's in the bed. She's in the bed. You got that? Take her out of the bed. Put her in the kitchen three weeks later. And she's screaming at Mitchie. 
Ah, ah, you mother, I hate you for what you did to me. I'm going to kill you. What does Mitchie do? Oh, wait a minute. Very same girl, very same pain, very same words, and very same action. But she ain't in the bed. Is she just as sick in the kitchen as she is in the bed? And that's our change of thinking. Does that underplay explain it to you now? <laughs> Choice is yours. If you have done a third step and want to serve the power of God so that he can remove your difficulties, then you will look at these people as sick people and you will avoid argument and retaliation simply because you don't treat sick people that way. Any questions? And the reason we don't treat sick people that way is? Destroy our chance of being helpful. That's exactly right. And that's what we're here to do now is to be helpful. That's the deal we made. See how we keep going back to step three? That's the deal we made in step three. Any questions? If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We can't be helpful to all people. Everybody knows that. You can't help everybody. But it says this, at least God will show us how to take a kind and tolerant view of everyone. Our action, facts, and faith being combined here. Got it? Pretty simple. Our actions, facts, and faith now coming together. We're using our brains and our beliefs are starting to increase. Okay, here's what it says. It says, it says, referring to our list again, another column. You with me? Here's our dad. Here's cause. Here's effects. Glad you guys are with me. Glad you guys are with me. You don't want to put the check mark? Don't do it. Don't do it. That's nothing more than an indication that you have prayed this prayer for every person concerning every person on the list. Once again, who's the prayer for? Us. us. That we start looking at the people who hurt us as sick people. We start trying to grant these people who hurt us patience, tolerance, and pity. We ask God to save us from being angry, and we try to be useful to the people who hurt us. There's the key to freedom coming on now, ain't it? It's coming on strong now. You don't own me. You don't own me. And if you don't own me, you cannot make me mad. I am not shut off from the sunlight of the Spirit. If I am not shut off from the sunlight of the Spirit, I will not drink. If it will not drink, it will not die that god-awful, painful, alcoholic death. Any questions? Referring to our list again. Putting out of our minds the wrongs others have done. We resoutly look for our own mistakes. This is us now. The next column. Our mistakes. Okay? Okay, our mistakes. What did you do to the people on the list? And remember this, boys and girls, we have discovered earlier that we placed ourselves in this position for them to do these things to us, almost invariably. You with me? Okay, here's my dad. Here's my dad. 
My dad, when I was four and a half years old, said I was too stupid to get out of the garage. It affected my self-esteem. What did I do to my dad? What did I do to my dad? Punched him. Punched him. Stop it. These guys are too far ahead of me. What did I do to my dad? Disobeyed him. What did I do to my dad? Took his what? Took his tools? <laughs> my mother, my mother. Yeah. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Putting out of our minds the wrongs others have done. We look for our own mistakes. I'm not trying to figure out what I made, what I did to make my dad do what he did. It's not a tit-for-tat thing. I am just going to write down the things that I did to my dad, the mistakes that I made, just like his mistakes. I make mistakes too. We're all human beings. What did I do to my dad? That's all. I, I stole his car. Stole his truck. Stole his truck. Truck. Stole his truck. No. Who said four and a half? We're not doing four and a half. We're putting out of our minds what they did to us completely. Just what did I do to him ever? Ever. What did I do to my dad ever? Stole this truck. I stole this truck. I, uh, I left him. I was disobedient to my dad. I was, uh, I stole his money. Broke his heart. What? What'd you do? We're going to go there. Trust me, we're going to go there. What else did I do to my dad? I was cruel to his pet. Shot the neighbor's cat with a BB gun. Hey! What else did I do? Shamed him. Shamed him. There's a parent. Shame them! <laughs> what else? Hurt his wife. Blew his house up. Rat. Who said that? Ran away. Ran away. Oh, well, you don't do that here, do you? You throw them out. Lie. Whoa! Whoa! Lied about him. Okay, you got it? Yeah. That's all I'm doing is writing down my mistakes. All I'm doing is writing down what I did to him. Not tit for tat, not four and a half. There is no sequence of events here. Just what I did to him, period. Period. And then I'm going to tag that. It wants to know where I've been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, or frightened. When I, when I stole my dad's truck, was I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, or frightened? Very selfish. Now, only I know this. Only I know this. Only I know that I had four brothers and sisters. And that when I took my dad's truck, he missed a day's work. And in the 50s, missing a day's work with four or five kids, everybody suffered. You don't know that, do you? Only I know that I did this, don't I? And only I know that I never gave them a thought. You know what I thought? 
I want to drive. I want to drive. Yes, I was selfish. You know what I realized with this very first column, with this very, I mean, with this very first list, this very first section? Jesus, I was not a good deal as a kid. And I never, I never, I never got that. I thought he was the bad guy. I thought that's uh, that mud, that dirt, that he, it's all, you know, if I would have had Ozzy from Ozzy and Harriet as a father, I would have been a great kid. I'm finding out truths and facts here. My relationship with him is this. I was selfish, I was dishonest, I was self-centered, I was, uh, was self-seeking, and I certainly was frightened because I wrote that down over here, ain't it? I found all of these things out right here, and I ain't even but, I ain't even but into my inventory on resentment yet. Yeah. You got to come up with that answer for yourself. There's a lot of times I will give you money. Money. That's not selfish. Right? What am I giving you money for? Self-seeking. All we're doing is what's on this list. Uh, he used to screw a lot of people over that he ain't mad at. Who said that? Eighth and ninth. <laughs> we're going to get him. We're going to get him. We're going to get him. Any questions so far? Now that now we're I, you're starting to look a little puzzled. You're starting to look a little quizzical. Don't do that. Ask some questions. Somebody ask the questions in the back over there. Now they shut up. Bring the question out. What did I do to my dad? I'm angry at my dad. What did I do to him? Ah, now we're getting to that question. I was pretty much innocent. I did nothing. Is that the question? Yeah? What about after the fact that they did something to me? It doesn't matter about the fact. We're just looking at what we did to them. Does that make sense? If we're going to rationalize it, we'll come up with some real rationale. Hell, he stepped on my shoes, Your Honor. I did this. I told the cop. He said, why could you be the guy that bad? I said, he stepped on my shoes. <laughs> What's the point? What I did to him. We're leaving this out completely. It's what I did to him that we're dealing with. Okay. This is a good one. What, go ahead. Watch this. Okay. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Let's think about this. Let's think about this. Because this is legitimate. This is 100% legitimate. Women in particular. Women in particular. A man of my dad, what did he do? What did I do to my dad? Now, if you let go of the molestation, the question is, what did I do to my dad? If your answer is still nothing, I've never lied to him, I've never hurt him, I've never stole his stuff, I've never done nothing. What do we know for sure about your dad? Sick. The fifth column, do I owe him amends? If he has molested me 
and I stole his car and stole his truck and stole his wallet and, and did all of those things. Do I owe him amends? Yes. The molestation doesn't even interfere with it. No matter if they step on my shoes, smash my truck, it's what I do to them I have to make the amends for. Got it? I know this is difficult and no one's saying it's not. And it's going to tell you that when you get to the ninth step. But all you're doing at this point is this. We placed him before us in black and white. We're willing to admit our wrongs honestly and we're willing to set the matter straight at this point we're only willing to set the matter straight any questions any questions answer your question does that answer your question not everyone who has heard us have we done something to but everyone who has heard us we can look at as spiritually sick want freedom this is it want to know what's strange it does not ask us to pray for love. It does not ask us to pray for forgiveness. All it asks us to pray for is patience, tolerance, pity, service to the person who harms us and save us from being angry. I'm almost forced to believe that love and forgiveness will come with service to those who hurt me. Go ahead. Okay. Want no secret? We're done with our fourth step on resentment. Taking that bite, taking that apple, one bite at a time, it's not such a big deal, is it? No. No. The hard part is honesty. The hard part is thoroughness. The hard part is us looking at them as sick people. Any questions? Any questions? We're done with resentment. Go ahead. One bite at a time. Each bite is a column. That's exactly right. When we do this, because if we do it across, this is my experience. This is my experience. I'm trying to do an inventory. I'm mad at my dad, and here's what he did to me. And you want to know, I never got past that point. Because every time I started to think about what he did to me, I'm telling you, I got into furious rage. I kill that mother. And when I do it this way, when I do it this way, I got to run and start. And every time I write something down, my faith increases. I trust God and these steps more. Any questions? Yeah. No, those are tags. We're going to tag our actions. We're going to write down our own mistakes and then tag those so that we see our relationship with them. We've already got their relationship with us, ain't it? In that third column. Now here's our relationship with them. And these are the things, by the way, we're going to ask God to remove. In that seventh step, these are the things we're going to make the amends for. In that ninth step, these are the things we're finding out honestly. This is what I am. And this is what I want to stop being. That's our third step. This is identifying the, 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 the symptoms of selfishness and self-centeredness. The results of selfishness and self-centeredness in our lives. Any questions? Fear. Fear. 45 more minutes. Fear. If we can get through this fourth step in 45 minutes, whew, I'll have set a record. But you know what? We spent so much time on three, and I've never done that. 
but I see that I wasn't reaching nobody. I mean, it was like, No, I'd like to say it's California. Well, I, I, I would love to agree with that, of course. But I find out that that's not true. I have the same problem with my guys down at Goosetown. They missed it completely. Jeez Louise. Fear. Notice that the word fear. Notice fear. Fear is an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of our existence is shot through and through with it. Fear. Bracket alongside difficult. Notice that the word fear, evil or corroding thread, sets into motion. Now listen to this once again. Remember what I said. These three things, things that we're doing, shut off the sunlight of the spirit, fear, sexual conduct, and resentment. These things set us in a position to be hurt and a position to continue to hurt other people. These three things, these three areas of our lives. Notice that the word fear, it sets into motion trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune we felt we don't deserve. Remember that. These people are hurting me and I ain't done nothing. Were you frightened? Well, yeah. Ah. Ah. But then we ourselves set the ball rolling. Sometimes we think fear ought to be classified with stealing. And that, my friends, means that stealing is not good. It seems to cause a lot of trouble. <laughs> Okay, here's directions. Here's directions for fear. We have taken all our resentments, these columns, these pieces of paper, we've put them over here. We're done with that for now, okay? We're not throwing it away. We're just moving it aside. We're going to need it later. There's a guy in Cleveland, his sponsor told him to burn, to burn his inventory. It's a true story, honest to God. He said, and as the smoke goes up to heaven, offer all of these things to God. God, that shit sounds great, don't it? I mean, really, doesn't it sound great? So he got the inventory, went to the Metro Park system, started a little fire. The smoke was going up. The wind come and blew the papers into the grass. The grass caught on fire. He started putting the grass out. He caught on fire. They had an airlift to send this guy to the Metro burn unit. <laughs> and if it said in this book, if it said in this book to set all of this resentment on fire, I would tell you to set it on fire but wear asbestos. But it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. Yeah. You know, uh, you want to know what the problem was with this, with this story I just told you? He didn't have directions. He trusted a human being instead of this book and God. He trusted a human being instead of this book and God. And I swear to you, when we get done here tomorrow, no one can blow smoke up your ass. You might let them, but you can't say, I didn't know. You can't use that anymore. I didn't know. Here's fear. Here's the directions for fear. We have our, we have our inventory put aside. Here's fear. This is, our, this is a heading on our piece of paper. Fear. Got it? Here's the directions. Here's for fear. Before we get into directions, let me clarify a couple real fast things on here. One school, say page 69, middle of the paragraph. One school allows no man no flavor for his fear. The other would have us all on a straight pepper diet. It says this. 
I want to stay out of Morgan's sexual conduct. I will not be the arbitrator of anyone's sexual conduct. Whatever Morgan has got to do or got to do or got to get done or whatever it is, it's not my job. I want to stay out of this controversy as to how you should do it. Here's what it says in this book. We want God alone to be the judge of our sex situations. That's his job and God's job. Sometimes talking with others is a good idea, but I'm, and that's what it says in the book, but we avoid hysterical thinking and advice. First thing, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Not ever, if I can help it. Directions now. Any questions on that? What does that mean? What is it? Let, let's dumb guy it. Let's dumb guy it. Uh, no sex for the first year in Alcoholics Anonymous. Anybody ever hear that? We want to stay out of this controversy. We don't want to be the arbitrators of anyone's sexual conduct. Let God alone judge our sexual situations. Does that answer that question? Does that dumb guy it for you? Okay, let's go to page 68. You got me? We review our fears thoroughly. How you got me to sex, I'll never know. How? <laughs> It must have been that blouse falling off her shoulder, and it just, that's it. That's all it took. <laughs> we review our fears thoroughly. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm not a human being? Sure I am. We review our fears thoroughly. The directions for fear. The directions for fear. We review our fears thoroughly. We put them down on paper. What do we know for sure now? We have to have paper, we have to have pencil, and we're no longer, we're no longer doing, what are we doing? Just reviewing them. That's all we're doing. No more columns, no more, none of that other stuff that we've already done. That's a done deal. We're just going to review our fears, put them down on paper. Any questions? Pieces of cake now, ain't it? Hell yeah! We review our fears. We remove our fears and put them down. Up. Oh, oh, okay. But we did our resentment and we already got fears written down, don't we? In our third column and in our fifth column, we got fears written down. Part of the multiple choice, part of the things that we tag, and what our actions was to them. Okay, we review our fears thoroughly, put them down on paper, even though we had no resentment in connection with them. So we got fears that we've got written down in resentment, now we're going to put our fears that we have written down whether there's no resentment with them or not, right? Yes, no? Yes. Yes. What are you, what? Okay, what are you afraid of? Snakes. Relapse. Overbear... <laughs> You don't like women at all? <laughs> Overbearing women. Pigs. Scared of pigs? Pigs. What? Controlling men. What are you scared of? You're scared of? Car wrecks. What is it? But, did you have resentment with the IRS? 
We've already got that, ain't it? Huh? What else? Death. Oh, a good one. Death. Hardly anybody ever mentions that. Death. The dark. Boogeyman. Hey, it's your inventory. We've already got it written down. We've already got it written down. You got that? We already got it written down. You don't want to write it down again? Write it down again. I don't give a shit. Write it down again. Okay, now does that give you an example of fears? Jason? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay? Any other questions on fear? All we're doing is reviewing our fears and writing them down on paper. Any questions? Simple. Simple. What? What, baby? What? Here's what it says. It says, we asked ourselves why we had them. Why do you have this fear of snakes? Got bit by one. Why do you have this fear of uh, cops? Got arrested by them. Why do you have this fear of the dark? Because I was in it. Wait. Whoa. 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 What the hell? We all right? Oh, okay. Here's what it says. It says, now listen to this. Listen to this. It says we asked ourselves why we had them, and then it gives us the answer. Because all it is, you can question at any given time. Maybe that's true, maybe that ain't true, maybe, I don't know why I'm afraid of the dark. I have absolutely no why I'm afraid of the dark. Turn the light on, it's not natural. Turn the light off, it's not natural. Turn the light on, it's not natural. Light on. It's irrational, isn't it? But we still have that fear, don't we? Here's what it says. It says this. It says, we ask ourselves why we had these fears, and it wasn't because self-reliance failed us. Now, just think about that for a split second. I have every fear that I have because I've been trusting myself to get rid of it, and I ain't powerful enough to do that. Was you ever afraid of riding a two-wheel bike? Did you get over that fear? Would you write down two-wheel bike? Why? Because you got over it. <clears throat> Who did you turn to to get rid of the fear? Simple as that, isn't it? I don't need God to get rid of that fear because I got rid of it myself. So every fear that you have is simply because you're not strong enough to get rid of it. Here's what it says. This is what it says. Self-reliance, which is what we talked about the bike, right? was as good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. Some of us had once had self, great self-confidence. That's me. That's me. Damn near cocky. But when it fully didn't solve the fear problem or any other, when it made it cocky, it made it worse. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's me. Does this make sense to you? The reason you have every fear is because you're not powerful enough to get rid of it. That makes sense. Watch this. It says this. We are now on a different basis. The basis of trusting and relying upon God. Where do we get on that basis? Third step. 
We trust infinite God rather than finite selves. Well, again, third step. We are in the world to play the role that he assigns. He's going to be the director. We're going to be the actor. He's going to be the father. We're going to be the children. We're reinforcing that third step, the archway to freedom. Once again, just to the extent that we think he would have us and humbly rely upon him, does he enable us, you and I, to match calamity with serenity? So when you and I come up against calamity and serenity, if we match that calamity with serenity, we're trusting God. If we match calamity with this insane response of violence, that was always my violence. I'm not trusting God at all. I'm trying to get rid of the fear myself, ain't it? We can laugh at those who think spirituality away of weakness. Paradoxically, is a way of strength, the verdict of the... This is no directions. There's no directions. Paradoxically, it is a way of strength. The verdict of the ages means that faith... That the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. And remember what I told you. Every time you write something down on this inventory, your faith increases. You trust God more. And what we just read is this. If your faith in courage increases, what do you become? Courageous. Your courage increases. That's what we just read. Here's directions now. Ready? We have this, this, this sphere. All of these spheres written down. And we realize, once again, it's to the intelligence and the faith. We're going to the facts and the, and the faith. The intelligence is this, we write down our fear. The intelligence is this, we realize that we have these fears because we're not strong enough to get rid of them. The faith is this. We, instead, we let him demonstrate to us what he can do. We ask God to remove all of these fears that we got, direct our attention to what he would have us be. You want to know what happens when that happens? When we do this, at once we commence to outgrow fear. Any questions? That's the end of the fear inventory. Isn't that just so simple? It's unbelievable. I write, down, I write down the fears that I have. I realize that the reason I have these fears is because I'm not strong enough to get rid of it, powerful enough to get rid of it. If I have done a third step, I'm now in the business of trusting God instead of me, then I will just go ahead and ask God to remove the fears, and at once I'll commence to outgrow them. Does that mean the fear is going to go away? Does it mean it's going to get smaller? It means I'm going to get stronger. I will outgrow these fears. Just as I outgrew them little U.S. kids when I was five, they didn't get any smaller, did they? No. What happened? I outgrew them. It's as simple as that, and it's the same way with fears. Any questions? Any questions? This is so dumb, isn't it? And it's just like the little dumb guy approaching. Do you see where that come from? Does that make sense to you? You damn right. Any questions? What? Any questions? No questions. Okay, here's a secret. You ready for a secret? We're done with fear. Take this what we have written down and put it on the side over here with resentment. We're done with it. Any questions? Nothing? Anything? Something? Nothing? It's almost self-explanatory. It's not even a mystery anymore, is it? I mean, hell, who couldn't do an inventory? Is there anybody in here could not now sit down and write this shit down with the information that you got? No! It would be impossible. Where did my little juju go? Did I scare her out? She ran away. 
That's right. She's I'm on her fear list. <laughs> okay, what's next? You bet. Now about sex, and that means this. That means this. Got it? That means we got another piece of paper, another tablet of paper, whatever you got of paper, and we're going to put sex as the next heading. The third area of our life that shuts out the sunlight of the spirit. The third area of our life that allows us to continue hurting people. The third area of our life that allows other people to continue to hurt us. We place ourselves in that position. It says, many of us need an overhauling here. No directions. But above all, we tried to be sensible about the question. No directions. Except to be sensible. That's the only thing they're asking you to do. I already pointed out in advance, that we, that you and I are going to be stay out of the controversy. We're not going to be the arbitrators of anyone else's sex life. That's our business. That's what it tells us to do. Our business is not, your business is not my business. My business is to take you through these steps if you need help. Here's directions, page 69, page 69. Second paragraph down, second paragraph down. Any questions? I'm glad we ain't got no wise guys in here. There's always a wise guy. Oh, we do have wise guys. Okay. Well, the fact of the matter is, anybody ever read the first edition of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous? It's not on page 69. Somehow, when they redid the reprint, a lot of things got taken out of context. A lot of things got mixed up. Same way with this inventory. You know those columns we did and how they end at the bottom of the page? I firmly believed that one time that that was the inventory. And it ain't. And in the first edition, that's only the halfway through the page so that you know there's more directions after that. Just, I was so, just confused. Sex. This is our, this is our, this is our, uh, this is our uh, directions for sex. We're ready? We're ready. Be prepared, because this is possibly the longest part of our inventory. Our longest part of our inventory. We review our conduct over the years past. Okay? We're going to review our conduct. No more columns, right? We're done with columns. We're not doing any columns. We're not doing any listing. We're going to review our conduct over the past. Ah, Susie Q. Susie Q. Me and Susie Q had sex. Alice. Me and Susie Q had sex. Oral sex. Ale sex. Sandra had sex. Oral sex. Anal sex. Group sex. Now I'm giving you I'm giving you extremes. Maybe none of these things happened. Okay? I, I, I mean maybe you just had Sex. I did an inventory with a guy, and, he, and I'm, I'm doing curls. And I said, "Okay, next direction is uh, is uh, uh, review your conduct and, uh, and and put down who you had sex with and what you did." I said, "Get going." He said, "Okay, I'm done." I said, "What do you mean you're done?" He said, uh, "I've only been married twice." 
That means he's only had sex with women he made commitment to. With women he's been married to. Holy shit. Huh? The fun? What's up with the fun? The guy didn't have the problems that I had. He avoided hurting thousands. <laughs> he avoided hurting a bunch of people. <laughs> Juju, that's the first time you've laughed all day. Busy girl. So you see, you see, you see what we're doing. We're reviewing our conduct over the years past. Is there any questions? What if you don't remember what? If you, if you don't remember who, I strongly advise you not to write it down. Oh no, no, not if you were married or engaged and that's the only person you had sex with. You just don't have to do a lot of this writing. He did the same directions I'm about to give you. I'm only staying with the first direction so far. Okay? First direction so far. Because we're going to review our sexual conduct. Okay. Any questions on what we've done so far? We, here's what it says. Review our conduct over the years past. This is our conduct. Okay? Okay. Here's what it says. It says this. We want to know where we've been selfish, dishonest, or inconsiderate. We want to know whom we had hurt. We want to know, did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? We want to know this. Where were we at fault? We want to know this. What should we have done instead? And here's what it says. You with me on these directions? We got this all down on paper and looked at it. And that means we are going to write this down. We're not going to play with this. We're not going to play with this. You want to know why you have so much trouble in relationships? Maybe we'll find out here. And maybe we won't. But the chances are real good that we will. And even if we miss something, we can always come back and do it again and again and again if we have to. But I solemnly assure you, selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of our problem. Okay, we're going we're gonna to do Susie. Oh, 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 what a girl. Here's Susie. Was I selfish with Susie? No, I wasn't. I was madly in love with Susie. It wasn't a casual affair. We were just absolutely together, and I thought it would last forever. Was I selfish? Whose inventory is this? You got to decide. You got to decide if you were selfish. Was I? Now, let's just say I don't even know a Susie, but I do want to convey this message on how to do this to you, okay? Was I dishonest with Susie? Was I inconsiderate with Susie? After a very short time, I started taking Susie for granted. I started looking at her as my possession. I started looking at her as less than important. Does Susie put up with that shit? Am I still with Susie? If I find out, 
If I find out that this is the reason my relationship with Susie was destroyed, then when I come to ask myself, what should I have done instead, what's the answer? Don't be inconsiderate. How does that sound? Isn't that wonderful? And all we're doing is writing down our conduct. If you were selfish with, if I was selfish with Susie, then when I, what should I have done instead? Don't be selfish. If I was dishonest with Susie, what should I do instead? Don't be dishonest. If I did, I did, I was I inconsiderate. Don't be inconsiderate. Whom had whom had we hurt? I hurt Susie, and I hurt Susie's mother because she liked me, and she hated the fact I treated her daughter like dog shit. Do I owe her mother an amends? Betcha. Did I feel I owe her mother amends before I did this? Do I feel I owe Susie amends before I did this? Are we looking at something big here? A lot of writing. A lot of writing. I'm not arguing with that. And a lot of thinking. A lot of thinking. Here's what it says. Did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Only you know that. Only you have to look at every one of these cases and say yes or no. And then later on you're going to ask yourself, what should I have done instead? Any questions? A lot of looking and a lot of writing. And it tells you, we all got these problems. <laughs> In this way, what should we have done instead? What should we have done instead? We did that, didn't we? We did that, didn't we? I wasn't dishonest with Susie, and I wasn't selfish with Susie. Give me a definition of inconsiderate. It's your definition. I just gave you some real rough material, material, material to deal with. <laughs> I'd hate these cheap teeth. <laughs> Any questions? Any questions? Huh? No columns. We're not doing columns. We're reviewing our conduct and we're asking ourselves certain questions. That's all we're doing. And then we're going to ask ourselves, what should we have done instead? We got this all down on paper and looked at it. Yes? Beg your pardon? Well, if you look back and see that you didn't do that, then that's all that counts. Does that mean every relationship I got into, I was selfish, dishonest, inconsiderate, that I hurt somebody, that I unjustifiably aroused jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Oh. You can kiss my Polak ass if you ain't done none of these things in a relationship. You're a lot better man than I. You're a lot better man than I, but only you will find these things out, ain't it? And these are human traits, and every one of us does that. I don't care how much in love you are, or whether you're not in love at all. What you're going to find out is some facts. And that's all we want you to find out, is what causes your problem, what you did to cause your problem. Because if you're at all like me, I swear to you, I stood there and said, 
I didn't do nothing. I loved her and I wanted to be with her and I didn't do nothing. I, I never cheated on her. Oh, I might have got a little, but I never, I never like cheated on her. Oh, well, I might have teased and flirted with the waitress and her sister and her mother and her aunt. But I, but I didn't do nothing. That's right. That's right. Oh, really? Jesus, when I finally did see that I was doing this, I can see why my relationships fell apart. I can see why I was in such a tragic condition with women, because I was inconsiderate. I was constantly teasing and flirting. I can tell you five things. I can tell you five things without opening my mouth. Didn't say a word, did I? <laughs> did I? Did I? Did I say anything? Oh, did I? See what I mean? I mean, it's easy. Do I catch this? No. Did it take me years to catch it? Yes. Did I stop trying? No. No. I knew that all of these broken relationships couldn't have been their fault. I just didn't know what part I played. Does that make sense to you? Yes. You're damn right. So we're going to redo this inventory. We're going to find out what we're wrong. We got this all down on paper and we looked at it. And the reason we're doing it, the reason we're doing this, because in this way, we're going to try to shape a a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life. So if I know I did this and it was a failure and this and it was a failure and this and it was a failure and this and it was a failure, then in my future sexual conduct, I'm going to try not to do this, this and this. Does that make sense to you? Any questions? We only got a few more minutes. Don't get rowdy. Question in the back. It doesn't matter what the relationship is. Remember I told you I took it to extremes here. I've never had group sex. I've never done these things. But these things happen. And I want you to go to the extreme so you know that this is all we're looking at. Good relationship, bad relationship, marriage, or just a one-night fling. All we're looking for is facts. Our sexual conduct. We're asking certain sex questions so that we know where our failure was and that we can change our future sex life. We subject each relationship to this test. And remember this, because this is the root of our problem. Was it selfish or not? We subject each relationship to this test. Am I in a relationship right now that's selfish or not? The answer is yours. It's not mine. If you already know that you are in a relationship that's selfish then you already know that it's doomed to failure. Because that is what the root of our problem is, ain't it? We ask God, here we go, we subjected each relationship, we ask God to mold our ideals and to help us to live up to them. Now here's, here, hang on baby, hang on. Here's my ideals. I'm going to get involved with Susie. I'm not going to be selfish. I'm not going to be dishonest. I'm not going to be inconsiderate. I'm not going to have, this is my particular ideal, I'm not going to have sex with any girl. Any girl. Unless it's an affair of the heart. You know what that means? I'm going to have to put something in a relationship I have never put into a relationship before. You know what that is? Time. 
time. I'm going to have to get time to know you, to see if I like you, to see if I want to be with you, to see if I even care about you. And a lot longer than, what did you say your name was? A lot longer than that. This is just my particular sexual conduct. Any questions? Yes. Oh, no, legitimate. 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 I got no problem with that. She said it was okay and I said it was okay. Hold it. Hold it. God alone will judge our sex situations. I was in Los Angeles last year. Last year. And I got done doing this group. And some little cupcake come up to me and she said, I don't want to date you. I don't want to marry you. I just want to... Can we go up to my room? True story. Swear to God. Can we go up to my room? And I said, you know what, honey? <sighs> Let's see what God's got to say. Let's kneel down right here and see what God has got to say. And if he says, yes, get that, get that bathing suit off and let's go. And you know what she said? Oh, forget it. Because she knew what her motives were. She knew what she wanted. And if I depend on her to say yes to my sexual conduct, I'm in deep shit, ain't I? Because if you're like me, one out of 2,000, you run into that sick one. And she says, call the police, call the police. He made me do it. He made me do it. Oh, help, help, help. <laughs> oh, yeah, you get resentment. <laughs> oh, yeah, you get afraid. <laughs> but you'll also say, what did I do wrong in this situation? How did I put myself in that situation? And then maybe you can grow from there like I did. Okay. And uh, we must be willing to make amends if we've harmed anyone, provided that... Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Well, I'll back up. Second, third paragraph. We ask God to mold our ideals. We just covered that. And to live up to them. We're good. you got to do that with God. God, is this the right thing you want me to do? But we got to keep this in mind. Now, here's our parameters. Our parameters are this, is that we remember that our sex powers are God-given, therefore neither to be used lightly, nor to be uh, used selfishly, nor be disposed or lied. Disposed or lied. Despised or loathed. And that's our parameters. When we got to come to some kind of conclusion, I ain't having nothing to do. No more sex ever again. It's bad. It's bad. Well, they're saying here that ain't true. They're also saying here, where's your question at, honey bunny? What if she says it's okay and I say it's okay? Is that light use of my sexual powers? And that's a parameter. We've got to find somewhere inside that we'll ask God to give us that. You know what that means, don't you? That our relationship from step three to step four has increased greatly, ain't it? Our faith has increased tremendously because now we're going to ask God, remember His will for us? But we already know what we ain't going to do. Now we're going to ask God, what shall we do? And that's going to continue on for a lifetime. Whatever ideals are turns out to be, we must be willing to grow toward it. And that means the ideals we have are greater than the ones we had before. We must be willing to make amends. Are you willing to make amends for these things that you find out to Susie to Susie's mother? All you got to do is be willing. 
provided there's no further harm in doing so. In other words, we treat sex just like we did despair and just like we did with resentment, ain't it? We're ready to straighten it out, whatever needs to be done. The right answer will come if we wanted to. God alone will judge our sex situation. Counsel with other person is often desirable, and that's what we talk about with a friend, a sponsor, spiritual advisor, I don't care who. A priest or a minister, I don't care who. But we let God be the final judge. We realize that some people are just goofy about sex, as others are loose. They want to go with gerbils. We avoid hysterical <laughs> thinking and advice. Now, now, as we're all human beings, we're going to finish this up in four minutes. Watch this. As we're all human beings, so we're, oh, we're going to have sex problems. No. It says, suppose we fall short of the chosen ideals, whatever the chosen ideals you and God came up with, okay, and stumble. Does this mean we're going to get drunk? Let's say we pick up some broad. Let's say we, let's say, or a guy, or whatever the case might be. Or we'll say we pick up a, a partner, a partner. Let's say we have sex with that partner on the very first encounter. And when we get all done, I don't know, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Oh, man, it didn't feel good. Let's just say that. You ever had that feeling? God, I hate myself for that shit. Okay? Okay? Here's what it says. Does this mean we're going to get drunk? It's only a half-truth. It depends upon us and our motives. If we are sorry... For what we have done, there's the key, it all depends upon us, ain't it? If we are sorry for what we have done, and if we have an honest desire to let God take us on to better things, we believe we will be forgiven and will have learned our lesson. And if we are not sorry, if we are not sorry, and we, our conduct continues to harm others, we're quite sure to get drunk. These are facts out of our experience. So if you walk into Alcoholics Anonymous, and if you do a fourth step here, and you come up with a new conduct for yourself, and let's say the conduct don't live up to quite snuff, or par, or ain't right, and when you find out that you're wrong, all you got to do is this. But you also got to say, I ain't going to do that no more. It's all up to you, and it's all up to God. Any questions? To sum up sex, big deal. We earnestly pray for the right ideals. This is us. We pray for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity and for the strength to do the right thing. And before I get involved in an affair with a woman, I will pray for these things. These are the things I will pray for. We think, strength to do the right thing. If sex is very troublesome, and sometimes this happens, we throw ourselves harder into helping others. And that means if we're having trouble with sex, help a drunk, help your mother, cut the grass, help the neighbor, help someone else. Here's what it says. We think of their needs and work for them. Not just helping them, but in our 10th and 11th step, God, who can I help? What should I do? Where should I go? That's what we're talking about in here. And that quiets the imperious urge. Want no secret? We're done with sex. Any questions? I told you the fourth one, this, this one on sex was going to inquire a lot. It's going to take a lot, didn't I? And you can see it. But believe me, you're going to discover a lot of facts. Yes? Uh, be the you want to have sex with? No, no. 
If, if, if my having sex, if my sexual relationships is causing me a lot of trouble, instead of getting involved in a relationship, I'm going to help someone else and think of them and their needs, the person I'm helping. That's a way to look at it. We're going to get out of our sex. Some people tell you to take a bath, ain't it? Cold shower. This book here says, think of others and their needs. Serve other people. That's what it says. Which, once again, we're going back to step three, ain't it? Say it we'll always go back to step three. Any questions? And here's what we hope. We hope you are convinced that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from Him. Remember what I said, those three areas? We hope that God will remove self-will that blocks you off from Him. If you've already made a decision, step three, an inventory of your grosser heck, step four, you have begun to make a good beginning. And that's all this is. And from there on, you've begun to swallow and digest... Some big chunks of truth about yourself. And that's what we've discovered, haven't we? Chunks of truth about ourselves. Uh, no questions? Hold it. Got one. Yes. Stay with the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous if you choose to. If you choose not to, it's your choice. Okay? Do I suggest that? What did the book say? Well, then, then, <laughs> I just spent three hours going over the directions <laughs> so that you could do this. Okay? What should we do now? No, let's pray. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we us not the temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Thanks, guys, for letting me be here. We'll see you tomorrow, 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock. <laughs> what should we do first? What should we do first? God, open our minds, open our hearts, open our souls, so that we might see what you have for us today. We might pass that on to others. Amen. Amen. Okay, questions, questions, questions on what we did yesterday. Any questions? Okay, good. Then let me tell you what I missed. <laughs> the, possibly the most important part of what we were supposed to do yesterday. I just ran out of gas or I got confused or something or I don't know what. Let's go to page 70. No questions? 70. No questions. 70. 70. Page 70. 70. Would you make me a cup of that with a little cream? Here we go on 70. The last paragraph. 70. 70. 70. 
Now here's what we have done. This is a summation. This is going to give us our step into tomorrow, our step into 5 and 6 and 7 and 8. This is what we have done. They're going to sum up up what we have learned among many things. We have learned many things. If we've been thorough about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot. We agree with that. See, so this is like your checklist. Did I do this? Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't feel like you're going nowhere, it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> you're following directions. We have listed and analyzed our resentments. We've begun to comprehend their futility and fatality. And now you understand if you know that to have a resentment is useless and deadly, you're going to say to yourself, I don't want to have a resentment. I don't want to be mad at nobody. That's what you're supposed to have learned so far. uh, We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. So if you are aware that being angry with someone is destructive, we're not going to do that. We don't want to do that to ourselves. Yes? No? Absolutely. We don't want to do that. We might be dumb, but we ain't stupid. That's all. We don't want to do that to ourselves. We've begun to learn. Now listen to this. This is that prayer. We've begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill towards all men, even our enemy. For we look on them as sick people. Remember the prayer? The key, the key to it all is right there. If you miss this prayer, you miss everything that's coming on in the future because you're still going to be mad at everybody and not know how to solve it. Not know how to solve it. And if you can get this attitude as they are sick people, and my job with sick people is to help them. Fifteen years ago, the attitude was, uh, hey, he's sick. Screw him. Well, no, no, no. (laughs) He's sick. Help him. (laughs) That's the key. That's the difference. That's the change in us. Bless you. We begun. Uh, we are even our enemies, for we look at them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct, yes. and we are willing to straighten out the past if we can. That's all we're doing at is willing here. In this book, you read again. Now, pay attention, because this is what we're going to use: five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Remember, we're mixing facts with faith. Our actions and faith, the two are going to come closer and closer and closer together. If you, in this book, you have read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. But faith will never do for us what we can do for ourselves. And that's the part that we have to come to, that I will do whatever i got to do, but I'll take my directions from God. We hope that you are convinced that now... Convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from Him. And this is very important in what we're going to do today. Or what you're going to do for the rest of your life. (laughs) If you've already made a decision... We hope you are convinced now that God can remove self-will has blocked you off from Him. And these, this is what self-will does. This is that third step. See, we're going back to that third step again. Again, we're going back to that third step. That, that we block off God. We block off God by our self-will. Not what our dad did to us ten years ago. 